profiler faithful how about that damn intro ladies and gents it's maddie kiwum and welcome to the latest episode of the game plan ladies and gentlemen trade season is underway contenders are buying pretenders are selling and guess what we need to talk about it yes i said weeks i have a very special guest on today's show and we will be helping out the contenders in fantasy football so if you've gotten your squad to three and two four and one or best yet Five and oh, my guests and I will be breaking down some trade targets that'll help you get ready to get that chip with the dip because it is never too early to start game planning for that championship run. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be diving into the bargain bin to help everybody, contenders or pretenders, win their week six matchup. So, ladies and gents, get out your pens and your pads and let's go to work and get those week six dubs. Enters today, I am joined by a very special guest an og if you will he is a friend of the show this will be his third appearance on the game plan you've seen this guy co-hosting the sonic truth dynasty podcast and first class fantasy he is the host of press coverage and the author of the sharpest waiver wire and sleeper articles on planet earth give it up for my friend and fellow future caster theo greminger what's up bruh Matty Kiwum, I'm happy to be back on the game plan. I still, we still held it down for the all-time most views back in the day with our NFL draft. We we absolutely crushed it. We put people on Devon A. Chain way back in the day. You uh, were, we were running, uh, yeah. we were running, we were running pure. We ran pure, Matty. We always run pure. <laughs> and I gotta say, your new intro video, it gave me goosebumps. It gave me chills. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, it was amazing. So shout out to the game plan. I listen to the game plan every single week. Um, you know, you're crushing it and, um, Thanks, you know, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back. Yes. No, it's a great week to have you on because I mean, we are in, we're in the thick of it. People are panicking. They're confident. Like this is the whirlwind of trade season. This is the chance to make some moves that help you win your championship or dig you out of a hole. So we're going to talk about some win now targets right off the top and shout out to everyone in the chat. Harry Snowman, Steve, Jonathan, the producer of the show. Go, go Jen chef. What's up everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are going to dive into the very first trade target. So, Theo, the floor is yours. Who do our contenders need to be targeting like right now? Go get this guy. I want to clarify one thing before we start, Maddie. I, I'm wearing this. I'm not cold. This is a U.S. men's national team scarf. Uh, people who know me know that I'm a I'm an American outlaw, <laughs> yes, yes. and I'm ready to rock for U.S. Germany at three o'clock. But it's all about fantasy football right now. And my number one trade target. You know, I went a little bit high here. This is not like a sneaky one, but I feel like mm -hmm. it's a player that. His production and his profile do not always match up with people, how people see him. Uh, it's Brandon Ayuk for me. I'm going yeah. out. I'm getting Brandon Ayuk. I'm willing to pay up for Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is, looks just simply sensational. And I think that there is, you still get a slight discount because you see the George Kittle game last week with the three touchdowns. Uh, and you've seen Debo Samuel have a smash week. You've seen Christian McCaffrey looking like, you know, the league winner. Mm. But at the end of the day, Brandon Ayuk is a 17 point per game scorer right now. His game meshes with Brock Purdy. And I feel like you can still go out and kick the tires for Brandon Ayuk and go out and get him. I also feel like it's a way of, if you're uncomfortable with the situation with a guy like, a, let's say a Devonta Smith, a guy that, mm -hmm. you know, you drafted higher than Brandon Ayuk, you might be able to pivot off of a Devonta Smith and get a Brandon Ayuk plus because people still have that draft take lock. 
you know, we have this big sample size. It's week six. We have five weeks of, of sample size. But I think you're able to do a lot of th- things different with Brandon Ayuk. I think you can you can trade a, a solid two for one to get him. I think if you have a guy who's been blowing up at the beginning of the season, like maybe a Mike Evans, you can pivot off to a Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and, you know, you're also able to get a two for one type Brandon Ayuk and a player for a guy that maybe you're a little uncomfortable with. I mean, how much could you get trading CD Lamb for Brandon Ayuk and you could probably get another starter? And I think mm-hmm. you walk away at the end of the day, I think they're going to be a lot closer in scoring than I think some people let on. The, that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you because the tear down approach works for a guy like Brandon Ayuk, but also don't you get this kind of feeling that people who roster Ayuk believe he's a sell high because when you look at his player card now, you know he, he's up and down over the last four over his four games of the season where he's under t- double digits two of the games and then smashes the other two. Uh, but I, I agree that his his style of play meshes well with Brock Purdy. And I was going to ask, is this the opportunity if you don't want to tear down? to trade some future picks uh, in Dynasty or in Redraft, take a couple of your players and tear up to a Brandon Ayuk because this might be an opportunity to buy given his under 10-point performance on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. And Dynasty, it's also a little bit funny because he's still a relatively young guy. He had tremendous draft capital. But I feel like it's, again, it's the playing next to Debo Samuel where if you ask 10 Dynasty managers – who's the more valuable one in dynasty, mm-hmm. you're still going to get a lot of Debo responses. But to me, it's Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is younger. Brandon Ayuk uh, has been healthier. And Brandon Ayuk, he just has a real real mesh to him with, with Brock Purdy. I also feel like with Debo Samuel, you're starting to see a little bit less of the reliance on Debo as a runner, as San Francisco had to use in the past. Now right. that completely changed in the second half of the season. But to me, it's Brandon Ayuk. Um, Dynasty, it's very interesting, though. I actually tried a Dynasty trade the other day where I have a win-now team with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Not necessarily like an old team, but a team that I feel like I can cash this year. And I offered JSN for Brandon Ayuk plus, and it was turned down pretty quickly. Maybe I was a little too greedy with the plus, Mm. but I think that people are starting to wise up to kind of the profile but yeah, it's a great point, Matty. Dynasty and Redraft are a little bit different with Ayuk, but I feel like he's still a buy in both. Yeah, he's a buy in both. And what he just pops in a few key metrics there when you look at his profile on uh, playerprofile.com, where he's first in air yard share, third in yards per outrun, second in yards per team pass attempt. You see the upper echelon wide receivers finish in the top three in those metrics. Those are reserved for your Justin Jefferson, your Jamar Chases, the real big dogs of the league, and Brandon Ayuk with more volume with more consistent volume, I don't see why he can't finish in the top 12 this season. Uh, as, yeah. you know, he, he has that upside. Yeah, and, and he absolutely also has some contingent upside. You think about how Brandon Ayuk would perform in weeks without Debo Samuel, without George Kittle. Oh, huge. Um, or if Christian McCaffrey were to miss some time, I think you would actually see Debo utilized more in the backfield, and I think you'd see Brandon Ayuk have an increase in target. So there's contingent upside. There's also just upside with the fact that he's a player. And, you know, he's also had success. Like, I think that people forget just how good he was last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had so many impactful weeks to help us. And, right. you know, just he's the kind of guy that could go absolutely nuts in the fantasy playoffs. I think he's really hitting his stride, 25 years old. And I think he's hitting his stride as a player. You had like the beef with Kyle Shanahan years ago. 
Yeah. Now he's like a core guy. So he's he's really earned his stripes with Shanahan. And um, you know, I'm trying yeah, to get as much Ayuk as possible. I might shoot away shoot away some Brandon Ayuk trade offers right after the show, Maddie. I'm go I'm going to 100 yeah. percent I'm going to. Um what the the JSN for Ayuk, if you are contending, is probably the point that a lot of our listeners are gonna be losing a little sleep at night because they're gonna be I can't give up on JSN, yeah. but don't forget Ayuk was the 25th pick in his draft. His draft capital is so similar to JSN's. I'm making that trade. If I'm looking to win my if I'm looking to win in 23, I have no problem moving JSN straight up for Ayuk. So I'm I'm in on that. I think you hit the nail on the head, Maddie, and it's kind of like a dynasty. We get so caught up in we want to build and, and have these strong rosters that last mm-hmm. forever, but winning money matters. You pay for your next you know couple of years of entry yeah. fees if you take down one year. And in some leagues, if I finish as the runner up, uh, I've paid for the next two years. So right. it's that stuff matters too. And yeah, it's hard to st- it's really hard to stomach. I actually I'll ask you about a trade now. I was offered in an FFPC league T Higgins and a and a third for JSN. Now that one you don't get as much of a win now vibe, but is that a pivot you're willing to make? If you're getting JSN, you're getting T Higgins. Getting T Higgins in the third. I I don't hate it. I, my issue is more with the ribs. They're yeah. rushing him back, full practice already. This was supposed to be a four-week injury oh, last week, and now he's already potentially playing this week. And that's such a vulnerable spot for a guy who's always trying to catch the ball at the high point. So I'm a little nervous about the injury, so I don't know if I would necessarily be excited about that. If you could pivot to a similarly valued player, then a Teague and someone healthier, again, I think JSN now is going to be the piece that helps a lot of teams win the championship, not by what he does on the field, but what they're going to be able to get right now. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough moving him, but I think I got I got to pivot off at least one share. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and another guy that I would be targeting uh, with my JSN shares, if I'm looking to win now, is another receiver. He's another obvious stud. This is probably a little bit more of a seasonal approach because I don't know how obtainable he is in Dynasty. But if you can in Dynasty, he's a buy there as well. It's Chris Olave for me um over his last two games he only has 10 combined fantasy points so i think the market is starting to get a little bit cold on his prospects uh, immediately giving that little bit of a a buy window opportunity he's only wide receiver 30 overall uh and he only has one top 10 finish so far this season that was already way back in week one so the market does feel a bit down on him especially uh in redrafts but again looking at his underlying metrics on playerprofiler.com uh, there's a few things that do suggest better days are coming. He's 11th in targets, so the volume is what we like to see. He's first in deep targets, uh, which has been a, an effective weapon for Chris Olave throughout his two years in the NFL. He's uh, he's has 605 air yards. That's the second most. Uh, again, that was what he crushed last year's air yards. That's what he's good at doing, attacking downfield. And he's first in unrealized air yards. And I like to use that metric as a barometer of if he gets a little less unlucky, so a little bit more lucky, fortunate, if you will, those are going to be converted air yards. And that's yards. That's receiving yards. That's touchdowns. That's what we like in fantasy. You're going to see him getting healthier. That ankle seat was definitely an issue last week against the Patriots. That'll get better. Derek Carr's arm is starting to heal. He's starting to look better week by week. So I think they convert on a whole lot of deep passes. So Chris Olave has a lot of points coming. And then look at his rest of season schedule. Uh, he's got the Colts, the Bears, and the Vikings in the next few games. Uh, and then in the fantasy playoffs, he's got the Giants, the Rams, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So within those six games, that's going to provide enough punch potential to win some much-needed matchups here in the future. And then, of course, when it matters most, pay games in the playoffs. So I'm looking to buy Chris Olave everywhere. Any thoughts on Olave? 
I know no, he's I, one of your preseason's favorites. Like, I no, I, 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 love, I love the talent. I think it's it's a little bit – the only thing that's a little frustrating now is I think it's the last two weeks kind of thing. They've been so reliant upon the running back position, just getting those touches for Kamara. He's had 49 touches the last two weeks. And then last week, you know, the, the New England game, you could almost take the fantasy stats out for the wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, Kendra Miller finishes tied for most receptions uh, on, on the Saints. And they had so many touches for Kamara. I think he had 22 carries. So that that New England game, you kind of put it out the window. You also have the fact that the lobby was banged up. You had like the, you get that shout out to Sleeper. You know, it's like you get those like anxiety attacks like early in the morning. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, the guy gets injured in, in warmups. Yeah. And it's, it's like completely jarring. And then people are putting videos on Twitter and Alave is like kind of like, you know, Lipping looks tight. Bit, yeah. And then he ends up playing. So I think that factors. You also have the fact that Michael Thomas has been healthy and Michael Thomas yeah. has also held him down. But I think at the end of the day, you know, betting on Michael Thomas to play the entire season would kind of be wishful thinking based on, you know, what we've seen the last few years. But if if it's dynasty, Alave, no brainer for me. I think that the guy is locked in dynasty asset. You brought up the air yards. He's an air yards guy. Mm, yeah, the guy yeah. last year and this year, like this is a guy that no matter what the offensive game plan is, like taking shots downfield to Alave is part of it. He's still only 23 years old. In redraft, Maddie, I do think it's going to be league specific because I think some people are going to hold your feet to the fire and not give you as much of a of a discount because oh, sure. we were taking him so high this summer. So that's the only thing I I do like this time of year. I like trying to find those managers kind of with you know their early September take locks on guys with the way mm-hmm. they value people. Um, Alave maybe wait a week, but hey, with all those air yards and the you know him getting back to. Like like you brought up the the targets, it was three straight weeks of double digit targets, and then back to back weeks of like five and six targets. So mm-hmm. if he gets back to just an eleven target week, then maybe your window has closed. So you might be onto something here. All right, so we got two receivers. Let's move on to another position. What's another trade target for our win now contenders? So I think that this one's definitely a guy that you know people. It was like found money if you drafted him, and or if you picked him up as a waiver wire pickup in some leagues was Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy is quarterback seven on the season in most formats. And this kind of ties in with my Brandon Ayuk recommendation, but I think this 49ers offense is just awesome. And I think that they overwhelm opponents. And the crazy thing about Brock Purdy is when we look at Brock Purdy, we look at him as somewhat like a floor play, but Brock Purdy is tied uh, for the lead among all fantasy quarterbacks with four QB one weeks. So he's given you that production and he has the elite weapons around him. He's got that swag to him. And I feel like he's completely mastered the offense where you've seen him lean on different players to have maximal weeks. I mean, last week was a perfect example. Completely exploited Dallas, you know, ran cir- circles around him and had the George Kittle game. And Dallas had not been like a team that had been completely burned by the tight end position until this past week. So this was just like Brock Purdy showing a mastery of the offense. Right. Uh, he's got that swag. He's got real confidence to him and he's got elite weapons around him and there's the production to ma- to back it up. And again, this is a guy where a lot of teams that have Brock Purdy, they have another strong quarterback just based on, you know, I, I see a lot of teams where it's Purdy with like a Jalen Hurts or Purdy with like a Josh Allen, Purdy with mm-hmm. a Tua where people just pick them up as a second quarterback. There's a, for whatever reason, I see some Justin Fields, Purdy teams where 
you know, a lot of these managers will say at the end of the day, in non-super flex, I don't really need to hold these two guys. I'm going to look to pivot off and get a guy I can start. Um, whereas the quarterback position, you might be in, in really, really rough shape with some of these guys you drafted, like the a lot of those high-end QB2s. Maybe you had Anthony Richardson. I think that Purdy's a great, great target to go after. I love going up to Purdy. And I just, the only thing I'm going to add to this is a different kind of strategy because you touched upon these teams that have Tua and Purdy, Josh Allen, Purdy, Justin Fields, and Purdy. If I have Purdy as my QB2, and this is a one QB league, because in Superflex you're starting both, it's an easy set it and forget it decision. But if in one QB, if I have a Jalen Hurts and Purdy, if I have a Tua and a Purdy, I'd be okay trading my QB1 and, re- and using Purdy as my guy rest of season. I'd have no problem seeing if you could turn a Josh Allen into a massive game changer uh, at a different position and start Brock Purdy. Because I do I think, think we're looking at a top super- 10 finish. Yeah, I think that's super sharp on, on your part, Maddie. And I think that that's a way of depending on like the the knowledge of your league mates and, and kind of depending on, you know, again, their 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 kind of take locks. If you have a manager that kind of pays for a name, not to say like Josh Allen's balling, but yeah. I, I think that you you actually have probably more flexibility going about it your way than my way, uh, if you're actually looking to move a quarterback. Because if you move that truly elite guy, you might be able to go get like a CD Lamb type. Uh, that it's a plug and play every single week and then rock with Purdy. And like you said, I think he's headed for a top 10 finish. And I think there's an outside chance that Brock Purdy finishes inside the top five. I wouldn't bet on it, Mm. but I think like the end of the day, all it takes is a few huge boom weeks. I think he's got the floor that he's not going to like mess things up. And again, I think that 49ers offense is just really starting to like the way that they just manhandled Dallas, uh, you know, it was just, just completely annihilated them. So to me, it's I think San Francisco's got a lot of big weeks in their future. It could kind of be like, you know, where we're wanting to we look at the end of the day and the teams that are at the towards the top of the standings in redraft are teams that drafted multiple 49ers. Yeah. And I love the top five calls, a little bold, but every year we see guys with far less talent. Not every year, but every so often we absolutely see the Andy Daltons, the Mitch Trubisky's, the Blake Bortles sneak up into that top five, and they don't have nearly the talent. Gino last year. Gino, a great example. Gino Smith, absolutely. So a guy with these weapons, and the difference about Purdy to all of those guys, I think he has staying power. As long as that Shanahan offense has those weapons and – you know, a lot of them are sticking around for some time. I mean, only I think Ayuk's a free agent at the end of the year, uh, but they can keep this train rolling on that contract of Brock Birdie, and this guy could smash for the next two or three. So I love buying him, redraft dynasty, selling my quarterback. However it goes, I'm trying to get Brock Birdie on my on my squad for sure. And the last guy that we're going to talk about here, buy now or buy candidates for win now teams. It's going to be quick. It's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's now getting outproduced by Tajay Spears. Uh, but the market, I think, is going to be like, I need to get rid of this guy, especially if he's on a one and four team, two and three team, a team that's looking to collect. I think now's your chance to potentially get him for like a second in our dynasty leagues for win now there. In redraft, you could probably sell one of your uh, overhyped backups that are getting a little bit of spark right now, like a Demarcado and a second asset could get you a guy like Derrick Henry as a contender. Uh, and that's where I'm trying to do it. Because again, you look underneath the hood, 
You look at playerprofile.com, he's top 10 in evaded tackles, top five in breakaway runs, top five in yards created, and he's got Houston twice in the fantasy playoffs. So we should be, as Derrick Henry rosterers, excited that Tajay Spears is taking away work when he could get hurt so that he will be healthy to destroy the Texans two of the games in the fantasy playoffs. So I'm getting Derrick Henry where I can. Yeah, so for me, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, if you can, if as long as it's not going to cost you a ton, right? Um, and I think that like a buying low on him makes sense. And I do think, Maddie, like that's super sharp. Like, this is a time of year where I think a lot of people will wait a little bit longer. But I think dynasty managers are getting sharper, and they know mm-hmm. that you know if I start one and four, you know, my path back to a winning season is difficult. And I think like at least kind of feeling those managers out and mm-hmm. seeing if maybe you could get a guy like a little bit. Cause a lot of times, you know, they'll hold a little bit longer trying to see if they can get a bounce back game from Derrick Henry. But I think there is some fear. It was 16 to 11 on the touches last week with Ty J Spears. <laughs> the one thing that I am concerned about is it seems like with Ty J Spears, it makes it so they're a little less willing to kind of impose their will on people with Derrick yeah. Henry. Like in years past, if they went down 10, they would still kind of like try to hammer Derrick Henry. Now it seems like when they go down, they're really, really incorporating Spears in. But at the end of the day, like you said, fantasy playoffs, it's Houston twice. And then it's Seattle coming into Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, going across the country. That's the kind of game where it feels like if they have a healthy Henry, uh, you know, not to look too far in the future. That's the kind of game where they would, you know, really try to pound the rock. Right. The last time right. I can't talk negative on Derrick Henry because the last time in that two minute drill article, um, a couple weeks back, like mm-hmm. I, 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 I basically was saying all this Tajay Spears stuff, and then Derrick Henry goes out and runs for a buck twenty-five and a touchdown, <laughs> and he has a passing touchdown. So I was like, yeah. you know, shout out to the wire. If you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> and I went at the king way too early. And he came right back at me. So, yeah. so that, uh, that got me. So, um, you know, Derrick Henry. Yeah, if you can get Derrick Henry low in dynasty, you're basically paying for wins. And you think about mm-hmm. that second rounder is not going to get you, you know, there's there's a lot of arguments, like if you hit on a Devon A-Chain or, or one of these guys, you know, that could really help you out. But at the end of the day, Derek Henry, I might be paying a second rounder and getting like three wins because I did it. Yeah, huge wins, uh, especially when it matters most in the fantasy playoffs. Um, so that's going to wrap up the win now trade targets. We got Derek Henry, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, and Brock Purdy. Stick around. We're going to go ahead and take a pause for the cause here. Listen a little about our sleeper, our friends over at Sleeper. But when we get back, we're going to jump right into that bargain bin. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Maddie Kiwum here, joined by the OG Theo Greminger uh, here at the game plan. We're going to be diving into the bargain, but before we do that, Theo, got some questions here in the chat. Gooner Boy does the USA beat Germany today. 
so I think it's it's going to be a tough one. It the weather is it's the it's the first game for Germany's new coach. Um, obviously a very experienced guy, but this is his first game at international level. That's a hard adjustment. Yeah, we're missing Tyler Adams. Um, so Tyler Adams is you know for anybody who doesn't know, this is like kind of our linchpin uh, <laughs> defensive midi. And uh, that I really wish we had Tyler Adams because Germany can light you up in the midfield. Uh, we have you know obviously we have Eunice Musa, Weston McKenney, guys who can get forward, but it's that third midfielder. Um, I don't know which way we're going to go with the third midfielder, and we're missing uh, a fullback. So we're going to have two very good fullbacks on the field um, in in Serginho Dest and probably Joe Scally. But we're missing Jedi Robinson, who's like our best defensive fullback, um, who really can you know help help big time on the defensive side. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to say we win two one, but it. I wouldn't I would not be shocked by a draw and like. There's a chance we lose this one. They're 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 really they're so Germany. Team, yeah. Germany's trying to turn things around. They had they have the new coach. They they lost a really big game to Japan, like in the last window. So they're using United States and Mexico, these two friendlies they have here in the U.S. to like relaunch their program. But mm-hmm. I do think we get the win. We win two one against Germany, and then we play Ghana this week, which would be difficult as well. So. Appreciate the U.S. men's national team uh, conversation, and I hope people are not turning off the podcast. We're done talking <laughs> no, soccer. No, we got, We're done we got talking plenty. soccer. Let's get back into football real quick. We'll make this bag bang. Madison or Barkley? Well, there's the Saquon Barkley. I don't know if he's going to play because mm-hmm. you know they're. It sounds like Daniel Jones is not going to go. They're playing the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be an absolute buzzsaw type game, and Darren Waller is banged up as well. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor behind center, and I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I don't love Madison this week. You saw Cam Akers getting the increased usage, and I don't know if this could be a game where first game without Justin Jefferson, maybe they self-scout their way to a little bit more of a split backfield, but I think at the end of the day, you've got to kind of suck it up and play Madison because you can't trust a Sunday night uh, Sunday night football matchup. Hopefully, we learn more about Barkley like this afternoon or mm-hmm. maybe early tomorrow morning, but it's a, it's a dangerous game, Matt. You can't just, you can't just roster like Matt Breida and expect to get like even half of the production you get from right. Saquon Barkley. So it's a right. it's a very tough pivot. It's a tough one for sure. Uh, we got Deontay Foreman or Trey Palmer. I'm actually assuming this is Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. We're actually, it's Palmer here, but we're going to talk a little bit about Foreman as we get into the bargain bin. So let's go ahead and do it. Also, if you have any more start sick questions, save them for tomorrow. I will be doing the YouTube portion from 11 to 11.30, doing the start, oh. starter stream. We obviously have the Instagram, Jason Alwine, the, the TikTok. So we got your start sick questions on tab. And if you need it answered, go over to our Discord, playerprofile.com slash chat. Drop it in the Discord, and we will get you some help there making those decisions. And if you want to listen to the best player takes, analysis, fantasy breakdowns on the market, make sure you check out Press Coverage. Theo, you might know a thing or two about Press Coverage. You want to just go ahead and shout out that quick plug to one of the best news shows out in the fantasy world? I heard it's a great show, Maddie. I heard it's a great show. (laughs) I heard the same thing. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's a great show i love press coverage uh you just had adam levitan on the show uh talking about some trying to predict some future a little bit uh it was a crystal ball episode great episode uh so we're going to talk about that it looks like theo may have froze a little bit he'll be back uh so we'll dive into the bargain bin right now uh i'll get it started uh as theo thaws out from the internet ice if you will uh my first player here in the bargain bin is quarterback desmond Ritter. Ugh. I know Desmond Ritter, not and not the guy you want to be relying on all that much to win you some fantasy leagues. 
but this might be the week, ladies and gents, where Desmond Ritter can really help you out. We got him at quarterback 18 on playerprofile.com. He's only rostered in about 5% of ESPN leagues, 15% of sleeper leagues. So he's widely available in both of those platforms. The matchup is the reason why we might risk it for Desmond Ritter if we need those wins and we need a quarterback that's on bye or a quarterback desperate situation. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, so it's basically an even matchup against the Commanders. Uh, it's a 42.5 over-under. It's fourth lowest. So uh, the matchup here doesn't present a lot of sh- points in terms of the Vegas predictions, but I think that the matchup with Washington specifically is the reason why Desmond Rick kind of have a great game. They've given up 3.54 points over the league average. That's the fifth-best margin in that metric. They've given up 10 passing touchdowns, which is the fourth most, and only have two picks and they've also given up the most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks uh so and he's back so we're just going through desmond ritter and then i'll kick it to you for your bargain bin so i'm going through these stats here for for desmond ritter theo and uh the they don't throw the ball a ton uh, matter of fact they're 17th the pass steps and 26th in team pass plays per game so i'm not relying on the volume from a desmond ritter but he is good in a couple of key areas against a good matchup, one being the deep ball. He has the third best deep ball completion percentage, and he's top 10 in red zone carries and sixth in rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. So uh, if he can connect on a couple deep balls and, and run around a bit, uh, he can finish in the top 10. You might be saying, Kiwum, I don't think Ritter's a top 10 guy. Well, he does have two top 10 finishes this season alone. So uh, he's showing a little bit of upside now that he's scoring rushing touchdowns. So, uh, and we got him, like I said, QB 18, so it's a desperate play. But there's some upside with a guy like Desmond Ritter, and that's why he's my bargain bin QB. Anything you want to add about Ritter before we get into your quarterback in the bargain bin? No, I had him in the sleepers because this was like the matchup-based mm-hmm. play because Washington's given up four straight 300-yard uh, passing games. Yep. So it's it's for me, it's just strictly a pick on Washington. Um, but obviously last week, you know, they the how they used Kyle Pitts – you got to like Drake London a little bit this week. I thought you had some really good points about the uh, the deep ball passes as well. So yeah, it's 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 hard to kind of stomach it, but we're we're bar- we're 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 dumpster diving here, Maddie. We're not we're, we're not, dumpster diving. Yeah, baby. we're dumpster diving, man. So who's your dumpster dive? Your bargain bin quarterback? It's got to be Minshew Magic Gardner Imagine. Minshew Gardner Minshew against the Jacksonville Jaguars Minshew Magic revenge game. Mm-hmm. You got Josh Downs. You've got Michael Pittman. There's a, a nice connection there. You also have Zach Moss playing just tremendous football. And then game two for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jacksonville has given up 262 passing yards a game. And I think that this could be a fun Minshew Magic game. I think you got to kind of like check your expectations here. You know, I think this could be like a top 15 quarterback performance. I think that would be kind of where I'm at. But Matty, he's available in 93% of Yahoo leagues. So like I'm I'm using Yahoo for my 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 roster percentages always and uh 93% you can go get them right now if you have free waivers and if you have secondary waivers in like an FFPC or NFFC he's available in a ton of them um I like Gardner Minshew this week Minshew magic baby Minshew magic with weapons in a in an atmosphere that he's going to be looking to get a, a win. I love the Minshew call, and I think the expectation being set as a top fifteen play truly makes it like we're not saying start him over your studs, but if you're uh, a team that had been relying on Jordan Love uh, and been kind of streaming in the quarterback position, Gardner Minshew can help you stay afloat, get you a, a week six dub. Deal. Let's move on to running back. Who is your bargain bin RB? Well, it's funny we were talking about this in the pre-show how fantasy football managers have gotten just so much more savvy over the years sure. and it's harder to find these bargain bins 
like the low hanging fruit because your threshold is 50%, Maddie. Deonta Foreman is still available in 57% of Yahoo leagues. So you got like 57% of Yahoo leagues where people are sleeping mm-hmm. because Deonta Foreman might have 20 carries tomorrow. This is a going to be a high volume game for Deonta Foreman. This is a guy who had 900 plus rushing yards last year. The year before he had 650 plus rushing yards. He's been kind of like the fill in type guy. When he's had opportunities, he's done well. This was a guy that we loved as a prospect, got hurt early in his career, has come back. Uh, I think Deonta Foreman is going to be a volume-based mid-RB2 type tomorrow. Um, And I think that more likely than not, I think that if you were ranking him, you'd still have him inside of the top 24, and he's available everywhere. And I'll go with one or two deeper names here, Matty, Mm because a lot of people are going to say, they're going to say, this is the game plan, not in my league, bro. Is Theo really (laughs) dropping Deonta Foreman? Not in my league, bro. But Salvan Ahmed, <laughs> Salvan Ahmed, you, Jeff Wilson's not going to play. Yep. So there was a ton of Jeff Wilson enthusiasm. I had Jeff Wilson as the number one waiver wire ad in my waiver wire column this week. And Jeff Wilson's not going to play. So you have Raheem Mostert against the Giants. That's a great matchup for Mostert. But Salvan Ahmed will be back. Salvan Ahmed has receiving ability. And they're going to look to get him involved. If you want to go, and Ahmed is available in 84% of Yahoo leagues. And if you want to go deeper, deeper, the Chris Brooks hive is buzzing right now. It's buzzing. Man. It is buzzing. Like you have Miami Dolphins fans who are like pounding the table to see Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks is a big athletic running back, BYU player. He was good in the preseason and Brooks had opportunity in one game this year, a complete blowout. He did well. So at the end of the day, Ahmed or Brooks is going to see touches. So if I'm like completely, completely jammed in a league, which a lot of managers are right now because there's injuries, mm-hmm. two teams oh, yeah. on buys. Like if I have to throw a dart, I want to throw a dart at the best offense in football. And I'm thinking it's Salvan Ahmed, but if it's Chris Brooks, Chris Brooks could be very effective on a per touch basis. There's only two teams on buy this week, but it's particularly tough for running backs. If you think yeah. about it, you got two guys on, uh, on green Bay that people are relying on when in terms of Dylan and Jones, and then you got both Warren and Najee Harris, who have been helping teams uh, throughout the entire course of the season. Well, not really Najee, but he's definitely been started. So it's kind of that weird week that you might be in the need for a running back. So uh, if Foreman's there, absolutely an option. And if you need to go deeper, the Chris Brooks stuff is the one that intrigues me because he, he's got burst. He's got size. He seems a little like a – this might get me dragged through the coals, but he seems like – an, a, a better version of Jeff Wilson. Yeah. I mean, he's younger. First he's ex- yeah. he's explosive. And, um, you know, shout out to, to Permar in the chat. Like I, I, I see the Chris Brooks stuff out there, but I think that there is some confliction uh, there. I think that again, we, we're not going to really know until, you know, we get to, we get to kick off and we see who's getting those, those touches behind Mostert. I'll say <laughs> that, that the one thing that is, we've seen a, a bigger sample size of Salvan Ahmed over the years so we kind of know he's kind of a jag, um, whereas Brooks gives us kind of that unknown upside. Um, but yeah, Chris, Bro- we could have Chris Brooks and Keaton Mitchell tomorrow, Maddie. This could be like the stash day. It, it, it yeah, it absolutely could be a stash day. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I, just hearing it's like making it make a little sense. And the Christopher Brooks thing, the reason why I think I might lean a little more Brooks and Ahmed is they're playing the Panthers. They're probably going to kick the shit out of the Panthers, which tells, which kind of suggests I think that they'd be more willing to see what Brooks has as opposed to if it was a grind them out game, I think you'd see the more trusted guy that's been a part of the offense that has been there when they needed him in Ahmed. But if they're killing the Panthers, Chris Brooks could get some usage, baby. This could be a big. It could be a big waiver wire addition next week, and you could grab them for zero in a lot. You know, a lot of leagues you can grab them for a dollar, and then a lot of leagues, you know, you've open waivers. Just grab them, see what happens. Yeah, pick them up wherever you can. Um, we've seen running backs burst onto the scene in Miami already this year, so crazy things have happened. Um, I had such a tough time, you know, digging into the bargain bin for a running back, uh, and when I when I stopped digging, I found a guy that I don't love. But it might be the the yuck play that helps you get that win in week six when you need it most. And that's Justice Hill going against Tennessee in London. Uh, we got him ranked at running back 43, so we're not particularly high on him. He's available in almost 70% of ESPN leagues. He's only rostered in 43% on sleepers, so he's pretty widely available. Uh, and for me, he's just kind of a low-key usage play. He has two games with a near 60% snap share this year, two games with three-plus targets this year, and three games with eight or more fantasy points, and finished top 28 in each of those three games. Remember, he missed a game, so the two of four is a little bit more impressive than the two of five percentage-wise, so they are using him quite a bit when they need to. Uh, and he can kind of make some things happen. He's kind of low-key effective as a player at the running back position because he has a 27.8% juke rate, ninth highest. So he's got a little shimmy to him. And, of course, Baltimore. Baltimore runs the football. They're fifth in team uh, run plays per game. So the opportunities could potentially be there uh, in a grind them out matchup against Tennessee. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, which doesn't really say a whole lot in London. It's just kind of a pick em game, I think, in terms of team for team, the way they've been playing. It's only a 40 and a half over under, so we're not looking at a shootout, which I think helps potential grind them out games, which could help those running backs get those ugly fantasy points that we don't love, but we will take them. And Tennessee is a bottom 10 rush defense, according to PFF's rush defense grade. So there's opportunity there for a guy like Justice Hill. It's going to be gross, uh, but I've seen him started in leagues this year. You know, he has a 12-point game twice this year. So that's what we're hoping for here in the bargain. And that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, no, I think Justice Hill is fine. I had him in the waiver wire column this week. Um, you know, he outsnapped Gus Edwards last week. He had the rushing touchdown. But what you like to see was they they have the wide receivers are struggling in Baltimore. Besides mm -hmm. Zay Flowers, there's a lot of struggle there. There was a number of drop passes, whereas Justice Hill mm -hmm. saw a season high in targets. Um, and again, he's outsnapping Gus Edwards. So just as long as you manage your expectations, I'll say that the one X factor is Keaton Mitchell practice this week. Right. Keaton Mitchell could make his debut. Do they try to get him involved? Does he limit the amount of does does it become even more of a committee this week? Would be it the could, only right. concern about Justice Hill. But yeah, uh Justice Hill, if you're if you're in a jam and you need 12 points, I'm definitely going Justice Hill over Gus Edwards. Uh I think the receiving ability is there. And uh yeah, Justice Hill or 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 you know, you gotta gotta make sure if you have Justice Hill teams, gotta make sure you got a little Keaton Mitchell on your bench though. Makes I love that call. I love that. Stack it up with with, with a little Keaton Mitchell just in case he gets some, some extra reps now that he's looking healthy. Let's move on to wide receiver, Theo. Who's your wide receiver that guys and gals need to get out of the bargain bin? So it's crazy to me that this player is still available in 67% of Yahoo leagues, but Curtis Samuel is – people are not like clamoring to go pick him up. Right. Um, It's a little bit wild because the last two weeks they've really leaned on Curtis Samuel – 
He's had back-to-back 18-point weeks, 18 or 18 points or more weeks. He's found the end zone in back-to-back weeks, and you're starting to see where he's getting like a rushing attempt every single game. He found the end zone two weeks ago uh, and then on the ground, uh, and then against Chicago, he catches a touchdown pass. So Curtis Samuel is neck-and-neck with Terry McLaurin right now for for scoring for Washington wide receivers. Obviously, Logan Thomas, um, who's rostered in too many leagues for me to, to list on this, but Logan Thomas looks like a like a play as well. I think that you're seeing Sam Howell starting to click a little bit with Curtis Samuel, and you're starting to see Eric Bieniemy, you know, drawing things up for him. It's the same thing happened last year. It's been multiple offensive coordinators looking to get Curtis Samuel involved. He's got a long-term history with Ron Rivera, dating back oh, to yep. Carolina, and Curtis Samuel's a thing. I'm starting Curtis Samuel on a few flex spots, um, and again, it's kind of like the. Jahan Dotson, he's outperformed Jahan Dotson by mm-hmm. a considerable amount. And I think after this week, he might have more fantasy points than Terry McLaurin. The thing about Curtis Samuel, and you actually spoke on it, uh, is a lot of people might think that he's kind of a flash in the pan out of nowhere guy. He's He's got the history with Rivera. Rivera used him when we needed DJ Moore points. When we wanted Christian McCaffrey points, he would use Curtis Samuel, and he has done so again in Washington. And the one thing I will add to that matchup, Atlanta has two cornerbacks that are playing really, really good on the outside in A.J. Terrell and Jeff Okuda. Where they're more vulnerable is D. Alford in the middle of the field. That's Curtis Samuel. That's Logan Thomas. So uh, in a game that might have a little bit of sneaky shootout appeal, the indoor matchup with two pretty good offenses, a, a clean offense, as we'll call it. I don't know if they're electric, but they could put up some fantasy points. I love the Curtis Samuel call. I love the call to get Curtis Samuel in. I think that this is a bargain bin today, a potential reliable starter in two weeks. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a shout-out, too. Maddie's crushing it with the cornerback rankings. Uh, we lowered oh, the all-in the all-in package price down to $85. You can use you can use the, the word Theo or the word Maddie and get yourself a little extra off. Um, and, uh, yeah, Check out Maddie's cornerback rankings. He's really, really good with it, putting top-notch information out every single week. Thanks, brother. I appreciate the plug. Yeah, check out the quarterback rankings at playerprofile.com. Uh, let's move on to my bargain bin receiver, Josh Downs at Jacksonville. Wide receiver 33 on player profiler this week. So we got some juice behind him. Uh, you mentioned Minshew. So that's definitely a factor here why I like Downs. Uh, but also love the fact that he's only rostered about 29% ESPN and 47 on sleepers. So he's open over 4, 50% in both of those platforms. He's got a 70 or higher snap share every game this year. He's got five or more targets in four of five games. And playing with Minshew specifically, he had five targets in week two, 12 targets in week three, 12 from Gardner Minshew. And then last week when Minshew came in relief, he caught all three of his targets for, I believe it was around 50 yards. So he was effective with Minshew uh, in relief last week. He's a fantastic route runner, 19th in total route wins, 27th in win rate versus man coverage. And he has the sixth uh, uh, best target separation versus man. Um, that may not be a massive factor because Jacksonville does love to play zone defense. Uh, but if if they, when they do deploy a little bit extra man, there'll they'll be a, a chance for Downs to uh, exploit them. Because the thing about Jacksonville is they could play man with success because they have two really good outside corners this year uh, in Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. Darius Williams is playing as a top five cornerback this year. He's been devastating just had a pick six last week in london um but trey herndon in the middle of the field is not he's not the same guy he's not that good 
cornerback uh, 71 in my ranks this week. This week, And Downs is fourth in slot snaps, so he's going to play in the middle of the field. And like I said, uh, Jacksonville runs a lot of zone coverage, but Downs has also scored 72% of his fantasy points versus man. So he can beat man coverage, but he's scored 72% of his fantasy point production in zone coverage. So he's good against the zone as well, which is why I'm willing to use him as my bargain bin player. It looks like I lost Theo again. I mean, if he doesn't want to hang out with you, boy. You just have to tell me. He doesn't have to keep ditching me like this. So I'm going to move on to the tight end position. They'll be right back momentarily. Uh, but we got to talk tight end when we talk bargain bin because tight end, unless you have one of the top guys, you're often just trying to grab me a guy this week. Let me stream a guy this week. Let me use a new tight end and then move on to the next uh, in, the, in a two-week span. So the tight end position is very, very important here uh, when it comes to bargain bin shopping. So uh, I'm going to go ahead, Theo. I'm about to dive into my tight end bargain player. Then you, if the floor is yours to give your uh, player, I'm going to go with Cade Otten. He's tight end 25 on player profile. So we had deep cut. This is, this is, this is a, a leap of faith here. Starting cotton. Uh, I mean, Otten put the names together there. Cotton. Actually, I'm going to stick to it. I like that. Yeah, that I like that. Otten, I like that. Cotton. Yeah. Cotton. So he's rostered only 2% of ESPN League, 6% of sleepers. So again, deep cut, deep guy to use here. Uh, but the first thing is he's always on the field for Tampa, always on the field. He has a 93 or better snap share in all four games. He has an 85% or better route participation rate in all four games. So he is their tight end one. There is no if, ands, or about it. And uh, he's been effective at getting separation for tight end. So um, he's been effective in that regard. He has two weeks with top 15 finishes. So at the end of the day, you know, the threshold is so low to have a, an effective tight end that this guy here with, with limited volume has two top 15 finishes. Uh, the matchup here, Tampa Bay is getting three and a half at home, a 42 and a half over under. It's kind of mid, uh, but in my opinion, I think that's a little bit low. It feels like Lions and Buccaneers have a way better potential for points uh, that I'm really kind of worried about. I mean, it's in Tampa, should be nice weather. It feels like this could have a sneaky shootout appeal. Um, and also the matchup against tight ends. Detroit is just not good at stopping tight ends this year. They've given up the third. They're basically the third best matchup this year for fantasy tight ends. Uh, they're tied for giving up the most receptions allowed to tight ends. And the team that they're tied with is Denver, who just got lit up by Kelsey. So they're clearly giving up the most receptions and they've given up the third most receiving yards to opposing tight end. And I know a lot of people remember that yeah, they played the Chiefs week one, right? Theo? It must have been these numbers are skewed by Travis Kelsey going bonkers in week one. No, Travis yeah. Kelsey was out in that game. So they yeah. have just not been good against tight end. So if I'm desperate, I'm going to try a little Kate on. I'm going to fire up Cotton on this Sunday. So Theo, any, any thoughts on Otten? And then feel free to give everyone your bargain bin tight end. Godspeed with the the K dot and start, Maddie. You know, I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be hoping he finds it. He's just so like you know, he's just so it's like as boring as it gets. But like you said, it's he's on the feet. The best thing about K dot is he never leaves the field. Never. So leaves. like he had, he, I I streamed him against Philadelphia a couple of weeks back, and I had him in my sleepers column, and he ends up not doing it. And Philadelphia had been kind of giving up you know, production every single, every single week. Shout out. That's funny. Cade Rotten. Yeah. In the yeah. Chat, the chat is I call him Cotton. Yeah. Permar that's right. him Cade Rotten. That's, that's a we'll good find one. after this week. What is he? Well done, Permar. Um, but I'll say like Cade Rotten, it's just a, it's a, it's a boring play. Uh, my, if Mike Evans was out, then I would say there would be a little something more something to that. But Cade Rotten, like, you know, you're hoping for five catches and maybe falls in the end zone. 
That's you're, you're, yep. you're happy. Yep. You're actually probably okay with him just falling in the end zone on like three catches. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, for me, my guy is also very boring. It's Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin uh, is available in 91% of Yahoo leagues, but Tyler Conklin is coming off of a season high 67 receiving yards uh, in the Jets win over Denver. It was a big win for them. He's sort of become like the secondary target. Um, he's had at least to a secondary target to Garrett Wilson, of course. Um, he's had at least five targets in every single game that Zach Wilson has started. And that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but I think when you understand that he's a floor play, you understand what you're getting into here. Like, I know that Tyler Conklin will end up with, uh, you know, five, six targets against Philadelphia with a potential for maybe one or two more. I think that the Jets are a live dog this week. Uh, this is a big, big, huge game for them. And Philadelphia has got it together against the tight end uh, of late. But if you do recall, this was the TJ Hawkinson smash game in week two when mm -hmm. Minnesota lost to Philadelphia, but Hawkinson had two touchdowns. And then in week one, Hunter Henry went nuts against uh, Philly. And mm -hmm. also Mike Jacecki had a few, a few catches. So like the first two weeks of the season, Philadelphia was abysmal against the tight end. I think Philadelphia is going to have to account for increased usage with Brees Hall. And obviously they're going to try to take Garrett Wilson out of the game. This is a safety valve target for Zach Wilson. I think that this could be Tyler Conklin catching a few passes. The only negative about Tyler Conklin, he has no touchdowns on the season and he rarely gets, you know, targets in the end zone. This could be the game that he finds the end zone and he could be a top 10 tight end finish this week. I like the Tyler Conklin call. And what I'll add to that is the injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles. I mean, no Jalen Davis, which I know he doesn't cover players, but he's going not, he's not going to be able to wreak havoc coming up the middle of the field, which could help, uh, you know, Zach Wilson not get leveled all game. So that could be advantageous for the Jets offense. Um, and also, Darius Slay is out. Darius Slay's already been ruled out. He's been bad this year, but what that's probably going to do is bump Bradley Roby out on the outside. Uh, he made his debut for the Eagles last week and primarily was their their slot corner, their nickel corner. He's probably going to be pulled to the outside because Mario Goodrich is their other cornerback that's been playing in Avante Maddox's absence, and he's been terrible, absolutely terrible. So that could open the middle of the field for a guy like Conklin. And like you said, the focus will be to key in on Brees Hall and try to shut down um, – Garrett Wilson, and they'll probably deploy James Bradbury to do so. So that's going to open up opportunities. I like the Conklin call. And again, when we're talking tight ends, Theo, we're not talking about this is this is the worst of the bargain bin. It's always the worst. We're talking about terrible uh, uh, potential yeah. players. It's Dave ugly. Ryan. And, and, and you know, I'll say this, Maddie, not to get off like the players, but it feels like Philly has been kind of playing with fire. They're very talented. But they've been kind of in a couple of these games where the Minnesota game was a little little closer than you wanted to see. Mm -hmm. the The Rams last week, you know, twenty three fourteen win over the Rams. Obviously, Cup was back, but that would have been a game that you would want to see Philadelphia in a little bit more control. Right. And then the Washington game, they were fortunate to win that game, and that game was in Philly. And then the Patriots have been a, a terrible, and Patriots were with terrible. were going right against them right to the end. So. Next week is the, the game that I'm sure a lot of Philadelphia Eagles have circled on their schedule. They have Miami coming into town mm -hmm. in the link. This feels like the trap game. If you're thinking of it like a college football perspective, like professional that. is obviously a little different. They're able to focus and it's not hard, like the whole of like looking ahead. But it's got to it's got to matter a little bit where you go play in kind of a, a um, 
kind of a muddy environment, MetLife. It's raining all day today, a little bit of rain tomorrow. Um, feels like the Jets are a live dog against Philly. I like that. I like the call as, as a live dog. I also like the idea uh, they could be a trap game because, yeah, they have been kind of skating by a little, uh, yeah. a little less than ideal. And like and this doesn't make game to overlook the Jets, missing a lot of guys. Yeah. So right. like an, a not not an overwhelming team yet this year. Obviously, fantastic season last year, but new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, now starting to have some attrition. You could see Philadelphia in the next two weeks, uh, you know, potentially drop one. For sure. I uh, love the call. And that's going to be a wrap for the bargain bin. And that's going to be a wrap today for the game plan. So, Theo, thank you so much for hanging out, giving me your Saturday afternoon. I know you're getting ready for the USA-Germany friendly. That's going to start off in about an hour and a half from now. So thank you for joining. But if you want to go ahead and share with the planners listening, anywhere they can find you on socials, they can get all your work. Yeah, you can find me at the OG Fantasy on Twitter. You can find all my written work at Player Profiler. I dropped the waiver wire article that drops every single Tuesday. I dropped the two-minute drill, which is kind of a wrap-up, my biggest fantasy takeaways from the weekend, and those come out on that comes out on Mondays. And then I drop a sleepers article that comes out usually on Thursdays yes. or Fridays. And I'm doing videos for each of these articles. Check them out right here on Player Profiler YouTube. You can check out my sleepers one. I dropped it yesterday. Um, and then, yeah, check out uh, press coverage, my solo pod, um with guests we had adam levitan on this past week uh check out first class fantasy where i co-host with billy muzio uh we had john daigle on this week check out sonic truth dynasty podcast i think we're dropping one on friday with awesome. matt kelly the Podfather, and alan saslowski uh and check maddie keywoman and i out on future cast yeah we've dropped two really good ones but as the season moves along and we start getting more to- focused on you know, this upcoming 2024 class, we're going to be dropping them. Eventually, they're going to be weekly show. Mm-hmm. But Maddie and I are dropping them every few weeks now. Uh, we had two really, really fun ones so far. We had a non-Nanduri uh, and we had John Lobb. We're talking about these really fun prospects. Uh, it's a fun class and, and I love podcasting with Maddie. Love the game yeah. plan. This this is a great, it's a great show. Uh, Maddie, you crush it every single week. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked to be on anytime I can on the game plan. Um, and yeah, go USA. We got it. We yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be a happy guy later today if we get the L. Not a happy yeah. guy later. Let's go USA. Keep pull yeah, it out for the win. L. Let's pull win. it out for the country. We want a dub against Germany. Uh, while you're here at the channel, if you're not subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube channel, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, you can redeem yourself. Make sure you subscribe to Player Profiler. Click the like button. And if you have a lineup question, a trade question, drop it in the comments. I will come back and answer it for you there. But if you want to hit me up on the old app of uh, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Maddie Keywoman there. Feel free to reach out, follow me there, to, uh, tweet at me there. The player profile Discord, player profile slash chat. Uh, the game plan every Saturday. Trade Gods every other Wednesday. Futurecast is going to be heating up with Theo. You can catch me on the hurdle at the Executives of Fantasy Football YouTube channel. And if you just can't get enough of me, go over to patreon.com slash the executives. Uh, that is going to wrap up today's episode. Keep game planning, my friends, and I'll catch you next Saturday. Peace.